You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. I mentioned a lesson before. We learned that we really can't sort of plan for much. But what, what are some lessons that you've learned as you've lived through 2020? Are there any particular lessons that have stood out for you? Just shout them out. I like my own company. I, I like my own company. Wow. I wonder what percentage here would say, would agree with that. Not that you don't like your own company, but I'm, I'm reading into it what you're saying that you didn't find isolation as tough as maybe other people did. Okay. Any other lessons? Zoom is good. Said no one in December, but... <laughs> Except for Helen. No, no it is. It, it, it had, what a blessing Zoom was, hey? To be able to still meet together online, see each other. And we had way more awkward social moments, didn't we? As someone went to talk and someone cut someone else off and uh, 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 all silent. Someone else goes, oh, a bit awkward. But yeah, Zoom was good, definitely. Anyone else? Change is constant. Absolutely. Good lessons. God's not just in this building. Absolutely. Wasn't that a great thing to be reminded of as the Western Church? I think that was a big, a big reminder for the Western Church, you know. We have, for decades, had nothing stop us from meeting at all. Whereas so many in the developing world facing persecution like our partners in Open Doors and other parts of the world, they either meet underground or they can't meet out of fear of being killed or thrown in jail. But they know that the church isn't dependent on meeting in person. And um, we've, I think we've definitely been reminded of that afresh this year. Any other lessons? Don't take anything for granted. Don't take anything for granted. That's good. You know... We have. We've learned many things through this COVID season. And you've already shared a few, but for me, there were a couple of kingdom spiritual truths that God really brought home for me through this 10 months. And they're this. Nothing can stop God's will being done. And God's church will keep on growing and flourishing no matter what. You know, our God, our God is sovereign. Our God is all-powerful. He is not in any way bound by what is happening in our world. He is not subject to any earthly rulers. He is not subject to any power. He is above every single power and principality that exists and will ever exist. And he will continue to do whatever he wants to do and have his way in whatever way he wants to have his way. Amen. Whew. It is so good to not be preaching at a camera. Yeah. I'm excited. All right, kids, why don't you come forward? I've got something for you. There's actually, you know, the Bible, God didn't just tell me 
those things. He did tell me those things. He revealed them to me. Let's sit down here. I want to read us a story. You know, God did reveal those things to me by the Holy Spirit when I was praying one day. But God also, those are things that are true in God's word as well. Would you agree with that? Do you think? God always does whatever he wants to do. Nothing can stop him. God's church will always grow no matter what. You think that's true? I think it's true. I want to read, I want to share a story from the Bible that is a good way of showing us that this is true, that this has always been true. It's called Jonah, God's messenger. Who knows that one? This is the Jesus Storybook Bible for those of you who might be wondering. And so, yeah, let's read this together. God's messenger, Jonah and the big fish from Jonah 1 to 4 and Hebrews 1, 1 to 2. That's something a bit later. God had a job for Jonah, but Jonah didn't want it. Go to Nineveh, God said, and you tell your worst enemies that I love them. Nah, said Jonah. Those are bad people doing bad things. Exactly, said God. They have run far away from me, but I can't stop loving them. I will give them a new start. I'll forgive them. Nah, said Jonah. They don't deserve it. Don't know why he's got an Aussie accent. Probably wouldn't have been very accurate, would it? I'll run away, Jonah thought to himself. Far away, so far away that God won't be able to find me. Then I won't have to do what God says. It's a good plan, he said. Because as far as he knew, it was a good plan. Does anyone think it was a good plan? No. But of course, it wasn't a good plan at all, was it, Amelia? Not at all. It was a silly plan because you can run away from God, but he's always going to come after you. It's true. Jonah went ahead with his not very good plan. One ticket to not Nineveh, please, he said, and boarded a boat sailing in the very opposite direction of Nineveh. Well, it wasn't long before... You're going to help me, are you? Daddy. Daddy, yeah. Why don't you come behind here? You can help me hold it. No? Sit down? Okay. Well, it wasn't long before a fierce wind blew and the boat started to lurch and pitch and roll and everyone started turning green. Has anyone ever been seasick? Ooh, that's where the saying green around the gills comes from. Green, you go green, literally. Hey, Amelia, how are you? Nice. Jonah sat bolt upright in his bed. You see, the first thing that went wrong with Jonah's not very good plan was that God sent a very big storm after him. The sailors couldn't sail their ship properly. We're sinking, they screamed and started throwing everything overboard, suitcases, food, whatever they could find. By now, Jonah knew that the storm was his fault. He knew. So he said, throw me in instead. He shouted to the sailors, and the storm will stop. The sailors weren't sure. It's the only way you can be saved, Jonah said. And so one, two, three, splash, splash. No sooner had Jonah hit the water than the waves grew calm, the wind died down, and the storm stopped. 
Just then, when Jonah thought it was all over, do you think he could swim? Doesn't look like it, does it? When he was sure he was going to drown, God sent a big fish to rescue him. The fish swallowed Jonah whole with one big gulp. Jonah must have thought he'd died. It was so dark in there, like in a tomb. But then he smelled the rotting food and felt the slimy seaweed, and he knew he wasn't dead. He was in the belly of the fish. Sitting there in the darkness for three whole days, Jonah had plenty of time to think. Pretty soon he realised his plan was, well, a very silly plan indeed. He was sorry for running away. He prayed to God from inside the great fish and asked God to forgive him. After three days, the fish spat Jonah safely out onto a sandy beach. Just then, Jonah heard someone calling his name. Go to Nineveh, God said. And this time, what did Jonah say? Yes! He went straight to Nineveh and told everyone God's wonderful message. Even though you've run far from God, he can't stop loving you, Jonah told them. Run to him so he can forgive you. The people of Nineveh listened to Jonah and they started loving God. They learned to do what God said and to stop running away from him, just like Jonah. Many years later, God was going to send another messenger with the same message. Like Jonah, he would spend three days in utter darkness. But this messenger would be, does anyone know who it would be? Jesus, God's own son. He would be called the word because he himself would be God's message. Did you know that? Jesus is like showing us all about God, isn't he? God's message translated into our own language. Everything God wanted to say to the whole world in a person. Wow. That is pretty good, isn't it? So what do we learn from that story? We learn lots of things, but we do. But what we do learn is that, as those points said before, if we can bring them up on the screen, nothing can stop God's will from being done. God wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh and tell people about him, share the gospel with people. He didn't want to go, so God made a way for it to still happen. And God's church will keep on growing and flourishing no matter what. God's church, people came to know Jesus in Nineveh. And so God's church grew just as God wanted it to. Isn't that an amazing thing? Good things to to remind ourselves of, aren't they? Thanks, kids. Hope you enjoyed that story. You can go back and find a, a seat or something. Excellent. You know, you only have to open up the Word of God to see that these two key lessons ring true. You know, I, I was looking the other day at, at Jehoshaphat. Who, who thinks Jehoshaphat is a great name for a baby? 
It was third on our list. No, not really. Not really. <laughs> Judah, Jehoshaphat. No, not really. Um, in Jehoshaphat, he, he describes God in 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 6 in this way. I love it. He says, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. So good. I love this heartfelt cry from Jehoshaphat to God. You know, he's, he's declaring God is in heaven. He rules over all. Power and might are in his hand and no one can withstand him. Nothing can come against him. Nothing can derail God's plans or stop God's church from growing and flourishing because he is in control and he is sovereign. History tells us that this is true, doesn't it? You know, in that passage of scripture is from a broader passage of scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And in this particular passage, God's people found themselves facing a significant opponent. You know, in the Old Testament times, normally it would be one people group fighting against another people group. In this scenario, it's one people group, God's people, the chosen nation of Israel, fighting against three, an army of Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites and a few Vegemites as well, no doubt. (laughs) And it looked like they would surely be destroyed. They were facing this vast army and there was no hope. They were completely concerned, as you would be. They were shaking in their sandals. But God intervened and he brought his purposes to pass by fighting the battle supernaturally for them. Telling them through the prophet Jehaziel, another great name, that was fourth on our list, in 2 Chronicles 20, 15 to 17, to not be afraid. Why? Because it wasn't their battle to fight, it was his. Verse 15, he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeriel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Vast armies couldn't stop God's will being done and God's church kept on growing and flourishing. Christmas. We've just recently celebrated Christmas and we we're all reminded again of an egotistical, insecure king by the name of Herod, weren't we? Herod tried to stand against God's plans. He didn't like the sound of a new king. After all, he was, he was the chosen one, God's chosen one. He thought of himself quite highly. He didn't want anyone coming in on his scene, stealing his power and influence. And so he sought to kill newborn baby Jesus. But God intervened and sent an angel to warn Joseph to escape to Egypt with Mary and Jesus. 
Matthew 2, 13, 15. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose, took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. And again, there's this God's sovereignty on display, isn't it? God said hundreds of years earlier that this would happen, and it did. How good is our God? Herod couldn't stop God's will being done, and God's church kept on growing and flourishing. What about the early church? I shared on Christmas Day a a little bit, a brief snapshot into some of the oppression that members of the early church felt while living under Roman rule. They had it tough. They had it really tough. You think we've had it bad. It's nothing compared to what they had to endure. Members of the church were being imprisoned or even killed just for following Jesus, just for saying that they were lovers of Jesus. But Rome's efforts of persecution did not succeed in stopping God's will being done. And God's church kept on growing and flourishing. And, you know, I could stand here all day, couldn't, couldn't I? Time after time after time in Scripture, we read all these examples of how nothing can stop God's will being done and or stop God's church from growing and flourishing. Man, so much harder. And, you know, in our times, in our times today, over the last 10 months or so, as we've faced a very formidable opponent in the form of COVID-19, let's not beat around the bush. COVID-19 is no joke, no joke at all. We've seen these two kingdom truths to be just as true for us. COVID-19 reeked and it continues to wreak havoc all around the world. Our way of life, our everyday freedoms like going out shopping multiple times a day if that's what we like to do or even going out into a cafe and sitting down and having a coffee. Things like that that we just kind of took for granted were, were snatched away from us and we, they were taken away for so long during lockdown. And sadly, and this is a, a really sad thing, isn't it, that many people lost and they continue to lose their lives because of COVID-19. And as we said before, COVID-19 disrupted the ability of churches to meet and worship together, at least, at least, at least in ways that we were used to meeting and worshiping together. Our regular in-person gatherings like, like these that we cherish and look forward to each week, whether that be connect groups during the week or prayer gatherings or these Sunday services and other kind of informal gatherings, they couldn't happen. It seemed, at least in the very early days, when we cancelled meeting in person on a Sunday for the first time ever in the history of our church. It was a big call. It was massive. When we made that decision not to meet, it felt, at least to me, maybe I don't have enough faith or something, I don't know. That's a joke, by the way. Um, <laughs> If you've got faith in Jesus, you've got as much faith as you need, by the way. COVID, it felt like COVID-19 was going to significantly 
hamper our ability to function as the body of Christ, as the church for who knows how long. That's what it felt like to me. But, but as much as COVID tries, tried and continues to, it did not and it will not, it will never succeed in stopping God's will being done and God's church kept on and will keep on keeping on growing and flourishing. That is true. You know, we couldn't meet in person again until recently, so we met online as a church in so many different ways. We met for services, we met for prayer, we met for connect groups and for other social gatherings too, trivia nights and all sorts of fun things. We couldn't serve together like we normally would in person due to restrictions. So what did we do? We prayed passionately. We uh, gave financially so that together we could be a blessing to people in our local community and shine Jesus' love into what was at the time a very, very dark situation. And we've seen that despite what COVID's thrown our way, we as a church community have continued to grow. We've continued to flourish individually as people of faith. I've heard so many testimonies from so many of you about how God has taken you on a deeper journey through this whole time. And I really believe it also collectively as a community of faith called Liberty Family Church. Now, don't get me wrong. I've also heard from many of you how hard the last 10 months have been. And and I'm with you. The last 10 months have not been easy. I'm in many ways, I'm, I don't think I've really processed the last 10 months. I've just kind of been keeping on, keeping on and, and, um, and leading forward and, and following Jesus where he wants us to go. But I know I've found the season to be really tough and super draining, and I'm still on that journey. But what I have heard from many of you individually, and I've observed through our online and, and some of our recent in-person gatherings, is that we continue to grow and flourish. We're still growing. That doesn't change. Looks different, but we've continued to grow and flourish, even whilst living in the midst of a global pandemic. And I don't know what you think about that, but honestly, I think that's pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing. That's something to be truly grateful to God for. You know, we wouldn't be where we are today as people, as individuals, as Liberty Family Church, if not for the grace of God over the last 10 months. God has sovereignly provided and sovereignly led in so many ways that it's just completely blown me away. God has been so, so good to us and so, so faithful to doing what he wants to do and inviting us to join him in it and in growing us as we follow him in service as well. God has been so good. He's proven himself faithful in our times, just as he's always proven himself faithful for people everywhere. You know, normally each December, we we hold an end of year celebration dinner together where we thank and celebrate all those in our church community for the faithfulness in serving Jesus over, over the previous year. And I, w- I was working toward making something happen, but we couldn't quite get there with the way restrictions were at the time. 
and we do have some other plans of how we might do that a little bit differently in the next little while, so stay tuned for that. That'll, that'll be fun. But in, in preparing for the dinner last year, God led me to organise some little gifts to hand out to all of us as a way of saying thank you, as a way of saying thank you for serving and playing our part in God's mission as Liberty Family Church. And this idea of putting together a a little succulent or similar plant like the, the beautiful ones here as a gift for each of you just sort of came into my mind. And then my my lovely mum and dad made this a reality and, and put together all these beautiful little pots for us. Big thanks to you. They look fantastic. You know, as I, as I sat sort of sitting with this idea that, that God laid on my heart, God started to speak to me about the deeper significance of these little plants, of the gift. God told me that These plants are actually a visual reminder of the two key spiritual lessons I've shared today, that nothing can stop God's will being done and God's church will keep on growing and flourishing no matter what. Think of this plant as representing the church, us corporately and you as a member of God's body, individual members of the church, think of that as representing you as well. What do you think is the common thing about all of these sort of plants besides being pretty well all green? (laughs) What's what's the commonality with all these plants here? Anyone want to have a guess? Well, they're not all succulents. No? Good guess. Anyone else? They have roots. They don't need a lot of water. They're all different. They're evergreen? Yeah, we're, we're kind of getting there. They're, they're all plants. I like it. How about... I'll, I'll, um, I'll finish off that thought, will I? You know, the, the thing that, whilst they're all different, the one thing that they all share is that they're tough. They're hardy. They are completely resilient. Yeah? Even if you're not a green thumb, you'll have a hard time killing one of these. Put it that way. Many of these plants here can endure the harshest of conditions for long periods of time. Long periods of time. And they will continue to grow and flourish pretty well no matter what. You know, I've, I've even had a few of these plants that I've thinned out in my garden that I've just thrown on a path and then they stay alive for weeks on end, and you can plant them again, and they'll keep growing. Like, it's crazy how hardy and resilient these plants are. And just like God's church, just like you, just like me, when we stick in the soil, when we remain planted in God and draw our hope and strength from Him, that's, that's what it's like. You know, many of these plants are designed by our creator God to not only grow and look pretty, but they're, they're, by their very nature, they're designed to multiply, to increase their territory, to spread out and bring beauty to other parts of the garden. You know, some of these plants, like this one in particular, this is, I don't know the botanical name, but I, I call it a spider plant. 
And this, these spider plants are really cool because what they do is they, they put out this big sort of shoot and out the end of it, it has some little, little um, roots that grow. And what it actually does is it shoots it out and then it'll land anywhere, even on the harshest of clay, and eventually it'll penetrate its roots into the soil and then it'll start growing a new plant in that exact spot. And it keeps doing that, spreading out, taking greater um, territory. And just like God's church, really, just like God's church, you and me, when we stick in the soil, when we remain planted in God, trusting in God, keeping faith in him, that he is sovereign, that he is good, that he will keep doing all the things that he promises to do. And when we join him in, in his mission of loving people, it's just like you and I. Because here's the thing. God's will is always to see people reached with the gospel. Always. That never changes. You want to know what God's will is for your life? You're struggling to discern that? He wants you to share the good news with other people. You can be confident of that. And for his church, God wills that individually and collectively that we would grow and that we would grow regardless of the season or the circumstances that we find ourselves in. And I'm pretty confident that you would say a big resounding yes when I say this. We've experienced this to be completely true over the last 10 or so months, haven't we, friends? So... There you go. Whilst the plan is a visual reminder of these two lessons that I've shared, God put on my heart today, it is also a way for us to say thank you, to say thank you to all of you for remaining deeply planted in the Lord, for planting yourself, for sticking firm with God and for serving him so faithfully in a truly difficult season. Our serving as a church and individually has looked very different, but our serving and the way we've blessed other people has had a significant impact for the kingdom, both locally and even globally through our mission partners as well. So friends, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you. Thank you for being the church over the last 10 months or so. Thank you for being the church God's will has continued to be done through our church community and we've continued to grow as a church community. Thank you all so, so much for playing your unique part in God's mission through our church so faithfully. So at, at the end of today's service, as we're going to mingle in, in, in a, just a moment, um, I, I'd like to invite you to come and choose one of these and, and take it home. It can be your little plant to remind you about today and also just to, to remind you of how, how faithful God is in, in, in doing those things that I've shared. You'll remember these two key lessons. Nothing can stop God's will being done and God's church will keep on growing and flourishing no matter what. May God richly continue to richly bless each and every one of us. Let's pray. Loving Jesus, we praise you for just how good you are and how good you have shown yourself to be to us over this, what has been a, a truly challenging season in the fullest sense of the word. We thank you, Jesus, that 
you have done great things in us individually as the church and that you have done great things in us corporately as Liberty Family Church and, Lord, that you have done great things in the global church in this time too. Thank you, Lord, for all the creative ways that your church has risen up to be the church, to bring light into darkness, to bring hope into hopeless situations. And, Lord, we just want to give you all the glory, all the honour and all the praise, Lord. You are so good. And we thank you, God, that, that you have proven yourself to be true to in every shape and form. And we thank you, Lord, that there is nothing, no, no situation, no circumstance, no virus that can ever stop your will from being done. And we thank you, God, that your church will keep on growing and flourishing no matter what, when we remain planted in you. So help us, Jesus, to be firmly planted in you and stick true to you no matter what. We want to be used powerfully for your purposes, God. So guide us, shape us, and in this month of prayer and fasting, Lord, give us clear clarity and clear vision for any shifts that you want us to make, Lord, or any things that you want us to, to embrace in new, new things for a new time. We honour you, Jesus, and we thank you. We, we thank you with everything we've got that we've been able to meet together today in person. So we pray a blessing on people here and on those watching from home. In Jesus' name, amen.